Hello, and welcome to episode 77 of the Missing Pillar of Health podcast. I'm your host, Emma Roman. If you are tuning in for the first time, or this is the 77th episode you've listened to, I am so glad that you are here. This week's episode is a recording of an Ask Me Anything that I hosted in my Facebook group, the Green Product Forum, earlier in March. I like to do these every so often because I get a lot of questions from my audience and I don't have the time to answer all of them. And so every now and then in the Facebook group, I'll post an Ask Me Anything thread and then I do a video where I can dig into more answers than I can necessarily typing out all of the answers and I can help support more people in one go. And so I'm sharing this one with you this week so that you can benefit too, because I think it's helpful to know what other people are asking about. And this is a good one. I cover a lot of ground. We talk about choosing water filters, curtains, shower curtains, night guards, rice cookers, and The theme that I think wove through this was how we approach product selection in general. Oh, I also answered a question on PFAS in outerwear and how we approach manufacturers and how we can go about searching for products that meet our non-toxic goals, even in a limited marketplace. So there are some instances where We have certain standards that we've set for ourselves. And when we go to actually find the product, we realize that there are no options that tick all of the boxes. And what can you do in that instance? So in my answers to these questions, I try to talk through that decision-making process because that can be one of the most frustrating things about choosing less toxic products is actually figuring out what to do when what you want isn't practical, feasible, or just flat out doesn't exist. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome, welcome to another Ask Me Anything. Thanks for those of you who posted questions in the Green Product Forum. I'm answering questions on the questions thread today. If you tune in and want to ask questions on the end, you can find the questions thread in the group, pop it in there and I'll get to it at the end. 
We have a bunch of questions covering a range of topics, and I will do my best to address them for you. Starting with, is there a rice cooker that I would recommend? So I don't use a rice cooker, and so I don't have any that I can personally recommend, but I will share with you the process that I would go through if I were looking for one. I don't like a lot of extra kitchen gadgets in general, and I've just found that I haven't really had a problem cooking rice in a pot. I know for folks who eat a lot of rice or you want to streamline things, make it a bit faster. A lot of people love rice cookers, but if you're not using one already, I would first kind of check in and see if you really need another gadget. And if you decide that the answer is yes, then I would look for a stainless steel rice cooker. So there's ones that are made with plastic and different materials. I would start with a Google search probably or going into my local store that sells those sorts of appliances and find out if they have anything that is made with stainless steel on the inside. Or you can go to Google. There's, you know, lots of different blog posts that have recommendations for products. And don't just go based on one influencer or one blog post review because a lot of those product roundup type posts are based on driving traffic to their Amazon shop, for example. So they want you to buy through them. I would look for other reviews. Ask in local communities like the Green Product Forum or local moms groups to see if people have actual experience with the product itself, just to see if there are any red flags in performance so that you're not just going based on one person's feedback. If possible, there might not be feedback on it. And then you can see what you can find on the internet in terms of user reviews. If it's a reputable company that sounds familiar, that kind of thing. So those are the processes that I would use to go through it. When I cook rice, I have switched to the more pasta style of cooking rice because it can also help reduce arsenic. So rice can have elevated levels of arsenic. Some rice is better than others. But when you cook it more like pasta, so you rinse the rice and then soak or cover the rice in the pot with lots of water, cook it until it's soft and ready to eat, and then drain it. You need a fine mesh, not a colander, a strainer to do it. But that also takes away some of the difficulty that people have cooking rice if you end up with it sticking to the bottom of the pot when you do the like two to one water to rice ratio method there's a lot more room for error whereas when you cook it like pasta it's much more forgiving and easy so that's another thing to consider if you have not tried that already okay next question this is a long one so I will paraphrase she says I know I'm probably going to get a generic answer but I'm curious what some of the best brands are for water filters. And she has gone through the EWG has a water quality tool on their website where you can, if you're in the US, you can search by zip code and it will tell you the contaminants in your water based on zip code. So she did that. 
She identified the things that are in her water that she wants to get out. And she has landed on wanting a reverse osmosis system based on her water quality profile. She says, I don't want anything with a plastic tank as plastic can leach harmful chemicals. Also don't want a tank made in China. I am not around farms or suburbs. Any specific brands or types you would recommend based on the research that I've done. So for those of you who are in the Green Product Forum, you've probably seen Amanda post it for a bit. She's a really active member of our community. Really great questions and very engaged in looking for products in her home. She knows exactly what she wants and she wants to make sure that she's making the right choices for her. So I know, Amanda, that you've been looking for uh, something like this for quite some time. You've asked about non-plastic tank options and got some suggestions, but you're still struggling. And I get it. This is one of the most challenging things people find to make a decision on because of the amount of options out there. But in your case, very limited options that meet your needs. So there are some products that have plastic-free storage tanks for reverse osmosis systems. And now one of the things that that she says is most of the suggestions that she got for plastic-free tanks are assembled in the U.S., which means all the parts, including those touching our water, are probably made in China. And the other one didn't say where it was made and is concerned that if the tank is made in China, it could be filtering out contaminants and then putting other things into the water because of lack of quality control. But if there was a stainless steel reverse osmosis tank made in any country, any other country, that would be a winner, better yet glass, but I haven't heard of that. And she found a 100% American-made RO system, but it has a plastic tank, and she's worried about chemicals leaching into the water. So with this kind of thing, there are, you have a few different options. So one, I would say, yes, there are lots of products that I do suggest getting made in North America because the regulations and manufacturing practices in some countries, they don't have very much oversight. And so there is a higher risk of contamination. Now, in your response to my question, you know, talking about whatever else they put into products, I think we need to be careful as well that in a lot of cases, these ingredients aren't necessarily being intentionally added. In some cases, yes. Like when we're talking about cheap costume jewelry where we're finding lead and cadmium, these are being added because they are cheap and because there is a market for inexpensive things in North America. They use cheaper materials because it is selling. But it's not that everything is being intentionally added to be harmful. So I think we need to be careful with our words a little bit because it can border on the line of being xenophobic, but there are totally quality concern issues. And so I think it's important to, you know, reach out and ask. There are limited options for some of these types of products. And so if a manufacturer is making something overseas, some of them have their own processes to make sure that they are using ethical 
labor and they are using materials that meet increased standards. So I don't think we can necessarily paint everything with a broad brush stroke and asking the questions of the manufacturers to see what their quality control process is like, I think can go a long way. And it also helps show the market that we care and that this matters. Okay. And so it might help open up some options where you have some seemingly limited options based on the parameters that you have set for yourself. Okay. So that would be one strategy. And then with the plastic RO tank, it is really common to have a plastic tank for these RO systems. They are going to be made with materials that are less likely to leach. And the other thing is the tank is holding the water until you use it. So it gets drained and refilled and drained and refilled as you're using the water. So it's good if you're away for a period of time to flush that system out. Yes, it's a waste of water and whether or not you go with RO in general, there's lots of other things to factor in, but there's going to be less leaching than maybe you might think because of A, the plastic type that's being used. It's not hot water that's being stored in there and the water is being cycled through. So I'm going to be doing a test of my water filtration system. I'm very curious to see how it shapes up. So I'll be looking at that. But I wouldn't necessarily think that you are adding a ton of extra stuff into your water. I would rather see you get a good high quality water filter than not get one at all because you're facing barriers of availability. And yes, by all means, reach out and ask companies if they have a stainless steel tank option. Reach out and ask them about leach tests from their tanks, because I think we deserve to have these better options. But if we're not asking them for it, then they're not going to make it. So if you want stainless steel, I wouldn't necessarily shy away from something that is made overseas. Just talk to them about their manufacturing process. And if you absolutely want something that's 100% made in the U.S., then maybe you give a little bit on that plastic tank requirement or talk to them about finding a stainless steel option. I know this may not be the answer that you wanted necessarily, but I hope that helps you work through the process to figure out how you can meet as many of your needs as possible, factoring in the practicalities of the market and what the actual risks are of kind of giving on some of your criteria. For those of you who are looking for a water filter, because this question got a lot of comments as well, that this is something that people have been looking for for a while, dealing with analysis paralysis. And this is a really common sentiment. And this is why I can't tell you what water filter to get, because it depends on so many different things. You need to understand what's in your water. You need to understand what you want to get out of your water and what you are able to install or not install as the case might be. So if you are looking for a water filter, if you're listening to this and you want a more clear outline as to how to go about doing that with some suggestions for different water filter types, once you've gone through the steps, I do have a water filter guide available on my website, greenathome.ca forward slash water filter that walks you through those steps of how to do it. 
And like I said, I'm going to be testing my own water, both pre and post filter to see what I learned. So I will be sharing that information with you in the future as well. All right. Next question, what to look for when picking out silicone kitchen utensils? I have stainless steel ones, but can't always use them. And using plastic isn't my preference. So the other option would be wood. If you're looking for things like spoons, that can be an alternative as well. I'm assuming you're thinking of something more like spatulas or things that can't be made of of wood as easily you can get wooden spatulas but maybe you want something more flexible so when you are looking at utensils with silicone it's still you know something to consider silicone doesn't break down i would treat it as a plastic in terms of a end of use situation what we know about silicone is it is relatively inert it can run into some leaching issues at high temperatures, we think. And there are different qualities of silicone. So some silicone, if it is lower quality, may have some fillers that are used in it. If they are colored, brightly colored, depending on where they're made, they may have a risk of heavy metal contamination, particularly bright colors like red have a higher contamination concern with heavy metals. So the thing with kitchen utensils is they're in contact with food for a relatively short amount of time. So from a priority perspective of looking at what you want to replace in your kitchen, I would consider utensils fairly low. Now, if you need new utensils anyways, I think having a mix of materials is great, much like I recommend for cookware, having a variety of different materials. So as little color as possible is something I would look for. And if you can find something that is made in North America, that's another thing that you can look for. It might be a bit more challenging, but it's not something that I would stress about too, too much from an overall exposure perspective, but I hope that helps with some of the things to help you narrow down your search. Next question. Can you talk about insecticides? We were advised in our building in Manhattan to have the drains sprayed by professionals to keep bugs out as there's construction in the neighboring apartments. Their argument is that many people in our building are having this done regularly. The active ingredient in this, it's okay, so it's a pyrethroid insecticide. So Pyrethroid insecticides aren't great. They are hormone-disrupting chemicals. They're commonly used in household products as well as in agriculture, but commonly used, as you pointed out in your comment, doesn't necessarily mean that they are safe. So I would treat this with some caution. I mean, obviously, you don't want to end up in a situation where you are getting uh, cockroach infestation. I'm not sure what that risk is. It seems interesting that they would spray each individual apartment based on construction nearby. It seems to me that they could do some mitigation at the main service line, but insecticides are not, or pest control is not my area of expertise. So I would question the benefit of doing it in the drains in each apartment personally. 
I also don't know how the pesticide stays there. I guess it coats the drain, but if you're using it, I feel like it would get washed away. But again, not I haven't looked into the actual application of that. So I I think you're right to pause, not only because they are ingredients that I wouldn't suggest you use around your home in general, but even if the exposure risk is low when they're in the drains, the actual application of it could end up with some of the pesticides lingering in your apartment. So I would say to help keep bugs out, you know, making sure you've got a good cleaning routine, that spaces in between, if you've got drains and and kind of holes in under sinks and stuff, that they are sealed as much as possible. And then if you end up with bugs, there are more quote-unquote natural alternatives. So if you end up, I mean, nobody wants to have cockroaches in their apartment. So if those are the kinds of bugs that we're talking about, and there is a very real risk of an infestation, then most of the cockroach strategies are more if you have them all ready than than preventative, but those would be mixes of borax and sugar, for example. So there's lots of different quote-unquote natural insecticide options when you do get bugs, but preventatively, I'm not sure. I would I would see if you can find out if this is actually a problem or not and if apartments are getting bug issues. But I wouldn't I wouldn't jump at adding pyrethroid pesticides into your home. All right. Any recommendations for non-toxic blackout curtains? I bought cotton ones from Ikea and they don't cut it for my early waking daughter. I tried all the cotton ones from Pottery Barn as well. All blackout liners seem to be made from polyester, which I'm trying to avoid, especially in my little kid's room. Pottery Barn US has cotton curtains with a cotton lining, but they won't ship to Canada. And then I wanted to follow up why specifically you're trying to avoid polyester. She says, not polyester specifically, but it's my understanding that most blackout curtains contain PVC and vinyl, which are harmful to our endocrine system. They may also be sprayed with formaldehyde or perfluorochemicals, which off-gas, so I'm trying to avoid that type of material in the kids' room especially. So that helped clarify the concern because it's not actually polyester that you're worried about. It's more the different backing materials. So... I have not used blackout curtains myself, so I don't have any specific ones that I have used that I can comment on performance-wise. But PVC and vinyl are not materials that I often recommend. They are hazardous from a manufacturing perspective, and they can contain phthalates, which can settle out into household dust. So where possible, I do suggest reducing them in the products that you're bringing in. In terms of being sprayed with formaldehyde or perfluorochemicals, I think those you can ask the manufacturers to see if they're adding any other treatment like stain repellent or flame retardant. So looking for blackout curtains, if the cotton ones aren't meeting your needs, then the next thing that I would look at is if they do have a polyester option. I'm not totally against polyester from a toxics perspective in the home. I think it's very difficult to get away from polyester entirely, but it's a plastic, right? And so 
I think it's important to think of the life cycle of these things. But if you are going to be using polyester and it is not flame retardant treated and it's not stain repellent treated, I think the overall health impact in the home is probably going to be minimal if it, there is an option that isn't 100% cotton that meets your blackout needs. Now, the other option you could look at is having a roller blind installed kind of inset. I don't know what your windows are like, but you could have a roller blind. I mean, a lot of those are vinyl as well, but if you need blackout, you may be limited to some of those materials or you could Google. I mean, organic cotton blackout curtain from raw organic is made of cotton canvas. They are not cheap, but that is probably par for the course if you are using organic cotton. So raw organic is one brand to look for. And when I I did look initially for you before, and there wasn't like a a great list of some of the go-tos. So blind, you could look at if you don't need to open the window, you could look at covering it with something inside the curtain as well and, and try to double up that way. But you could also look for polyester and see if there are other options other like I don't know if the curtains you got were actually rated as blackout curtains or not or if they were just regular blinds so that's something to consider as well if I find anything I will link it for you but I haven't seen anything specific so far shower curtains we have direct sunlight on the piva or peva shower curtain when the sun is out the bathroom smells really strong like plastic what to use instead. So PEVA is a very common PVC alternative for shower curtains. It is better than PVC, but it is still a plastic that contains plasticizers. And these are more likely to migrate. And as you're experiencing, be released into the air with heat. So I would probably replace it. Or you can use, if you want to have a PVA liner, then you could have the liner still with the curtain on the outside, and that may not have direct sunlight, which may not off gas as much. So there are a couple options. You can go with a straight fabric shower curtain that doesn't need a liner, and there's cotton or hemp. They do take maintenance. You need to make sure that you're washing them regularly because they are mildew resistant, but as soon as you end up with soap and stuff that stays on there, there can be a potential for mold or mildew growth. So they do require laundering, but they are an option and they they can work quite well for a lot of people. Or you do a fabric shower curtain on the outer and have that PEVA liner on the inside. So those would be a couple options. And the collective because the person asking this question is in my membership program we've got lists of product suggestions for a range of different things including in the bathroom so there are some in our bathroom module specifically for shower curtains with links to brands and stuff that you can check out next question in addition to it being harmful to the environment and the people exposed to it during manufacture how does the pfc slash pfas chemicals used on outerwear for water repellency directly impact us 
Is it that it comes off with contact from touching the garment? That's a really great question. And I don't know that we know fully a lot of the PFAS exposure from household products comes from dust. So these chemicals, as the materials break down over time, they settle out and form household dust and PFAS chemicals are have been found in fairly high concentrations in household dust. So that would be one way. With touching it, there may be some dermal exposure, but I haven't seen that as being a pathway that's been looked at, particularly from a outerwear perspective. I know there's some concern with workout wear and there was some research done on reusable period underwear that found PFAS in there. So I wouldn't, I would want to be avoiding those sorts of products, particularly because PFAS is not required in those products. And because they're sitting on delicate skin for many, many, many hours at a time, our exposure from outerwear is probably more from household dust, but we may be exposed to it from touching the garment as well when it comes to outerwear. If you're looking for alternatives that do not contain PFCs or PFAS, there is a website that you can look at and I will link it, but it's pfascentral.org and they have lists of various types of products that are PFAS free and they do have some outerwear options as well. I think this is something that will be more and more common. There are the usual players in these sorts of chemicals like Teflon has a, I forget what they call it, it's an eco something version of a waterproofing spray that is, or a waterproofing treatment that is PFC free. It is mostly bio-based. They don't really go into specifics in terms of what else is in it, but it is free of what we know to be a major concern and they're using better ingredients for some of the rest of the product that are plant-based. So I think those are still going to be better than conventional PFAS-treated products. And I think this is an area that will have ongoing momentum and improvement. And I think the more that we can ask the question again of the manufacturers of the products that we want to buy, the more that they will have to respond and come up with alternatives. So I hope that helps. And a question about night guards for teeth grinding. Do you know of healthier options or what questions I can ask my dentist about ingredients like BPA, phthalates, and other stuff? So this is something that came up a little while ago and I was looking into it and I have not found an alternative material that is currently being used for night guards. It looks like there was a company that was trying to get funding to develop one made out of silicone, but then that went, seemed to go nowhere. So I'm not sure if the market for night guards has really caught up. Again, there are some websites that you could Google to see if there are less toxic options. I know that there are lists out there, but the options are pretty slim. And so... As was suggested, I think this was asked in a thread in the in the forum outside of this, but I think looking at the root cause of grinding, as suggested, would be a really good option as well. So that's not necessarily to say you 
shouldn't get a night guard if that's been recommended. But I think treating it as more of a short-term kind of band-aid solution until you can figure out what's causing the grinding, much like a lot of the health issues that I talk about on the podcast with naturopaths, for example, it's getting to that root cause. There are a few different dentists that I follow on Instagram and that are more on the holistic dentistry space. And I think one of them talks about grinding as well. So you can, the one that comes to mind would be his handle is Ask the Dentist. So I'd maybe go on his site and see if he's got more information on teeth grinding and looking at solutions there. But in terms of night guards, I didn't find much other than there are some lists out there I know that talk about some better materials to look for. But I would ask your dentist for the MSDS of what the mouth guards are made with and go from there. I think the more that we can ask, the better. Seems to be the theme of this Q&A. Okay, so I hope you found that helpful. You can comment below this video if you have any follow-up questions. You can do that. This is something that I like to do in here from time to time. I don't have the opportunity to read everybody's posts in here and answer everybody's questions. So it's nice for me to be able to set some time aside every couple months. If you like this format, if you realize that having somebody to have a second opinion, to vet things in some cases, to push your limiting beliefs a little bit, as I did on the water filter, then you might be interested in working with me. And I have a couple different ways that you can do that. If you are trying to conceive or in your first trimester, I have a six-week course called Prepping for Pregnancy. If you are outside of that stage, then I have a membership program called the Healthy Home Collective. And both of these offer bi-weekly Q&A sessions slash coaching calls with me. So not only do you get steps to help you reduce toxins in your home, but you get access to me in a more intimate format. So you can check those out on my website if that is of interest. Otherwise, thank you for being here and I will talk with you soon. Bye. I do hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you over in my free Facebook group. It's a great place to get feedback from over 4,000 super supportive members and where I share bonus trainings and content to help make your healthy home journey easier. Just type green product forum in the search bar in Facebook or head into the show notes where you'll find all the places you can find me online. Until next time, have a great day.